Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. This is Song vs. Song. This week, we have a major dad rock off. We are doing Jackson Brown's Running on Empty versus Bob Seger's Against the Wind. Or as I like to think of this episode, one for me. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely wasn't for me. It was not a for me episode. You're a classic rock person. Not these particular classic rockers. No, I definitely think that when you named... So first of all, I was not even sure I knew these songs when you named them. Oh, that's insane. That's insane to me. I do know them. Once I heard them, I said, uh, oh, those ones. You have any idea what brought this on? Why, where I came up with the idea for these two particular songs together? No. And even if I did, I would have said no so that you could fill some time. I thought you might. You might. Because a lot of the, a lot of people in the, uh, in the comments got it immediately. These are the two songs playing when Forrest Gump is running from coast to coast over and over again throughout the entire waning boomer years. That and Go Your Own Way. Oh, good. Forrest Gump. <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember rewatching that uh, pretty recently. And I was like, oh, that's a perfect matchup. These are two songs by two uh, piano guy classic rockers about running down the street completely alone and having wasted your life. Much like Forrest Gump is running down the street with a, 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 I guess not alone. He had a mob of strangers with him for no adequately explained reason. Yeah, you remember when he he wiped his face on a shirt (laughs) and the sweat made a smiley face? Remember that? Just like it happened in real life. Based on true events. Yep, it's all true. Forrest Gump is a real person. You ever read the book for Forrest Gump? It is much different. I, I, yeah, I mean, I would, well, you could have told me it was exactly the same and I would have believed that too. No, he's a very foul mouth and like, like 300 pounds. He's like a pro wrestler at one point in that book. But all right, the rest right, of that Right, that's, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> that is different. Um, no, I, I, when I was coming into this episode, I, I felt like I was being magically whisked away to Delaware. <laughs> Hi, I'm in Delaware. Why Delaware? It's just, it's just, why, it's, why, 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 it's like that scene from Wayne's World. That, that emotion that, that have, they have. You don't, you feel nothing for running on empty or against the wind? Going in. Yes. Well, I gave you two weeks, or even more that, we had a month to do this because we got knocked that last one out early. So you have had a month to ruminate on Jackson Brown and Bob Seger. I definitely didn't of our time. That would be crazy. <laughs> so what is your choice? What is your pick? Are you running on empty or against the wind? I can't choose because I still don't care. No, um, I, Man, I swear to God. I, I think, I think, I think that I am both in the song choice and in life in general, running on empty. (laughs) You know, I figured that if you got, had some time to get to know these songs, you might feel a little uh, warmer to them because you are a classic rock person. You're always talking about Tom Petty and the Beatles and all that. And also these songs are about getting old. And whenever we talk, you're always bringing that up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but I, it's me. I'm the why. I don't want somebody else. <laughs> you don't care about Jackson Brown or Bob Seger getting old. Yeah, and I certainly don't want them being like, "Hey, Lena, 
Did you know you're old? Yeah, I know. I, I talk about it all the time. I don't, I don't need that. I will say um, something that kind of led me down the path towards Jackson Brown other than, I, you know, to me, these are, these are uh, listening to them on, a, on, a, on an open road. Like, what's the one mm-hmm. I want when I'm driving for a really long time? Which one am I picking? I feel like that's really what it boiled down to. And I think that Run on Empty has got a little bit more of that, although it does feel like it's asking for trouble now that I say it out loud. Um, like I'll run out of gas. Yeah. But um, the thing that really did it for me was finding out that when Jackson Brown was but a young man and he was writing songs for other people, he wrote These Days. Oh, you didn't know that's a you didn't know that's a Jackson Brown song? No. I only knew the the Nico version, which absolutely fucking rules. <laughs> like one of the that's one of the best performances of any song I've ever heard in my life. Well, I tell you what, this is a perfect matchup for me personally, because I'll tell you where I am right now, and the listeners, I'll tell you where I am right now. I am in a hotel on Long Island for a wedding, and I am so very tired. It's it's funny. I was thinking about how this matchup also feels like it would have come up when you were here the last time having done the drive across the entire country because these songs feel like ones you would listen to on a road trip. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you what, running on empty is definitely a driving song and I may have put it on, on the way over on the way back against the wind feels like where I am right now. Cause I had to fly, which I hate doing. So wait, does that mean that you're choosing running on empty or are you taking against the wind? Uh, are you I a feel self-loather? against the wind. <laughs> I feel against the wind. It's uh, it's never come up, but I am actually a gigantic Jackson Brown fan. Like, I don't even know if you knew that about me, but I absolutely love that man's work. Now I'm a bad friend. Though, I don't know anything about you. Have I never brought it up? Cause I'm like super into his work. No, I don't think so. I, I don't know. It's not, it's not a thing that tends to come up. Like, what do you think about Jackson Brown? No one, uh, no one ever uh, bothers to ask me that because I would go off. <laughs> and now I, I guess you will. This is your opportunity. I actually had a chance to see him right before I uh, came over last month to visit you. And uh, something came up and I had to miss. I feel really bad because, I, I, you know, he's got to be like 70, 80 now. I'm probably not going to get a chance again. You never know, man. Take it easy. <laughs> That's another song that he wrote, you see. Yes. In fact, I would say that that's sort of, isn't that, aren't we low key just talking about the Eagles right now? <laughs> I, I was surprised. The, the Eagles are the connecting tissue between these two guys, for sure. I was kind of shocked for that. I mean, I knew about Jackson Brown. I would not have guessed Bob Seeger and the Eagles. To me, they oh, see. Oh, I would have. Absolutely would have. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously both, uh, you know, giants of classic rock. But the Eagles always seemed so very, very, very California to me. And it seemed like Bob Seger was like too Midwestern, I guess, to want to associate with those guys. Well, this was this was him selling out, apparently. Was it? Against the Wind. (laughs) That whole album was him selling out. I love being able to look back with distance and see that there's actual historical evidence to back up people who are big fans of 
name this person here. It could be anybody. In this case, it happens to be Bob Seger, where they do a good song. And then on cue, as music fans do, they go, you made something good that other people like. You're sold out. Now I hate you. Now, if if you were going to tell me that Bob Seger sold out, I would have assumed later in the 80s with like Shakedown or Like a Rock, like Against the Wind sounds like more Bob Seger stuff to me. And like, I'm not a person who can readily differentiate between eras of Bob Seger. So like against the wind, I don't hear that and think, Oh man, remember when Bob Seger used to be so different. Bob Seger's well, always feel Bob like Seger. They thought it was too mellow, I guess. Right. Cause he had, people felt that prior to this, he had a uh, edge. What an edgy guy that Bob Seger. Actually, you know what? I can hear it. I can hear it. No, no, I lost it. God, God damn it. Let me know if it comes back. Is it so? Wait, let me ask you this: Is "Against the Wind" your favorite Bob Seger song? Hmm, I'm fond of it. It might be. I, I don't know. I, I find Bob Seger a little hard to have strong feelings for, even though I was giving you shit for it just five minutes ago. I really like Hollywood Nights. Hollywood Nights of all of all songs. Yeah, why? I just it's it's fun. It's upbeat. "Against the Wind" I don't think is like the the number one Bob Seger song for most people. Like for for most people, I would assume it's old time rock and roll or turn the page or night moves. Those are like higher in the Bob Seger pantheon, I think. But one thing I always liked about Bob Seger, like, is that he always maintained this aura that he was literally never not on tour. Like, I always imagined him just like constantly on the tour bus or in a hotel room or on stage. I can't imagine him in any other settings. And he's been, I think, retired for a good bit now. And I still can't imagine it. Like he's got like a completely shock white beard now. He's old. But in my mind, he is still out there on the road. I could probably go see him tonight. I think that that must also be part of why you pitted him against Jackson Brown. That is. Especially if you're talking about running on empty, which is a really it's a rarity, I would say. Yeah, it's a, new, a, li- a, li- a live album that is new material. I don't know of any of albums like that. Yeah, I always forget. It's it's sort of the Dark Horse other live album from around that time, right? Like, I always think, I'm like, what are the live albums? And I usually go Cheap Trick, Love at Budokan, or Frampton Comes Alive. Frampton Comes Alive. But this is this is, But this is another one, for sure. Like, for me, you say name a live album from... Uh the 70s, those two are the first. Then I would say Alive by Kiss. And Gosh, yep. Uh, um, and is then, Wings and Across then, America in the 70s? I think it would be. It would have to be because they split up by the 80s. So that's another big one. Paul McCartney's other band. I don't know that one. Wings Across America? Yep, that's the Wings live album. I, I Maybe that actually came out in the 80s. They didn't release it until, but like they, he was touring with Wings a lot Oh, right. That's the one with uh, Maybe I'm Amazed, the one that became a hit. The, the live version was the one, the version of that song that was a hit. Uh, I did not know that one, so that would be below Running on Empty, but uh, slightly above Running on Empty. Oh, it's I Wings think. Over America. Good grief. It's, yeah, <laughs> there you go. 19, 1976. Yeah. Wings Over America. That's definitely another one that I would consider. But the other big live album of that one we haven't ta- mentioned is Live Bullet by Bob Seger. There were a lot of bands in the 70s who were like huge touring, but their albums weren't selling. 
And so they didn't break through until they recorded their concerts live. Uh, but the ones we all talked about were among them. And so was Bob Seger. And that's where the version of Turn the Page that became a big hit. That's where that is from. And that's always the image I have of Bob Seger. That's why I have it. And so by 1980, when Against the Wind comes out, you can just feel the exhaustion in the bones of this band. I guess that's why it sounds mellower to other people. But for me, it just sounds tired. And I am tired all the time. Yeah, I think I would say Against the Wind is my favorite Bob Seger song. Are you going to take it over Run On Empty, though? Because we've got to circle back down to the question. No. This is serious business. No, Running On Empty is one of the greatest songs of all time. Oh, geez. All right. <laughs> well, well, we'll have to talk about both of them anyway. Because it's not like Against the Wind is a bad song, I don't no, think. No. I did not know the Eagles were on it. As a matter of fact, re-listening to it now, I don't hear any Eagles on it. Well, well it's uh, not that... There's like one person that does some backup stuff, and it's it's a, it's a more on the production end. Man, I cannot... Than anything. Like, if you... T- I can see why people would see, you know, Don Henley and Glenn Fry's name on it and think, wow, Bob Seger must have sold out because the Eagles were born sellouts from uh, the day they were born. But I don't really think Against the Wind sounds much like any Eagle song or like produced like an Eagle song or anything like that. Do you hear it? No, no. I have like a really weird opinion which is that Bob Seger's voice sounds like the voice of Adam Duritz from Counting Crows in that song. Against the Wind? Yeah. Against the Wind? We were running against the wind. Kind of. I don't know. No one's ever really successfully sounded like Bob Seger. Well, I don't think it's a consistent thing. It was just on the one song. As I listened to it over and over again, I thought, man, this sounds like something that Counting Crows would cover, but they didn't. And and it's not as though there aren't a lot of people who covered that song. That song is way more covered than Run On Empty. It's shocking to me. Although I guess uh, Running On Empty is a tiny bit dated in that there are literal dates in the opening verse. Yeah, I think also it probably helps that um, one of those covers is The Fucking Highwaymen. The Highwaymen? Really, that really sets it. Yeah, that sets, that sets, a, that sets a bit of a, a standard, doesn't it? That like if those guys are yeah. covering that song, probably a lot of other people are gonna take a leap. Yeah, if you guys don't know who the Highwaymen are, they're an '80s country superstar supergroup of Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson, and Waylon Jennings. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's enough of a big lineup that very recently, Brandy Carlisle was like, "I want a lady version of it," and did the Highway Women. That's like how famous. No, it's the, the Highwomen. High women. High women. Oh, is it? Oh, is it high women? Yes. As in oh, women who are high. Oh, nice. That album's very good, by the way. Check that one out. I have this theory that Jackson Brown was born tired. Like he was born tired and he is tired now and he has been tired all in between because. I mean, he wrote these days in the 1960s, so I'm inclined <laughs> to agree with you. That's a tired song. Yeah. I remember in The Onion. They have like a fake chronicle of the 20th century. And in 1971, it said something like the Eagles call for national cooling off period. And it was like the 60s have been exhausting. I think it's time for the 70s to be extremely mellow and time to uh, 
Take It Easy. And as we mentioned earlier, Take It Easy was uh, written by Jackson Brown. And just everything he writes feels like a 60s hangover to me, especially from his peak period in the 70s. Just like these days, I don't do much talking these days. Like Dr. My Eyes from 1972, his first big solo hit on his own. That's a song about having seen way too fucking much. Even though that's a bright, happy song, that's what the song's about. And you can see that through all his work. And by the time we get to Running on Empty, Running on Empty is a great song. It's a great, fun, driving song. But it's a song about being alone and working too hard. And you look around and you're just, it seems like you are just increasingly desperate. I don't know. I think he kind of likes where he's at. I always get the vibe that Jackson Brown liked being tired. <laughs> um, that that's sort of where he wanted to be. That, you know, he's tired and tired and tired. And then the one thing that requires the most work, which is being up on stage, is the time in which she's not tired. You know, that's why um, if we're talking about running on empty, we also have to talk about the loadout. The loadout. As I was uh, putting this together, I also thought, it's like, man, I also could have done the loadout versus turn the page. Fuck the loadout, man. What a, that's the, we're at, we're, we got to the end of the night and we're coming out for one last encore. That's the song, right? Like, I feel like, especially like if you're a band and you're on tour and it's like your last show and you've been on tour for like a year and it's the last night and it's the last encore. I feel like you're just obligated to just cover this song. <laughs> it is that, it is just that song and it's that good. Like one of the, all, like truly that's like probably, if I had to pick a, a favorite Jackson Brown song, even though that's a very mellow one mm -hmm. and it's, you know, very um, on the nose, I don't give a <laughs> shit. It's great. It's so good. It's, if you don't know that one, it's literally about the ending the concert and playing one last encore before having to shuffle off onto the road, onto the tour bus, onto the next hotel and so on. And it's so exhausting. But at the very least, you get this one amazing moment at the end of every night. And I am so sad that I did not get to see Jackson Brown last month. I cannot imagine that that's not what he closes out the show with. I just wish I could confirm it right now. Again, I just don't like, I just feel like everybody should do that. It doesn't matter <laughs> who you are. You should just close with the loadout. You can't, you can't beat that. That song's so good, and it's so specifically about the end of a tour and about the roadies and the and the fans and all that stuff. You know, it's just even even that part where he's like singing about my piano. You're like, oh my god, this is like this is bordering on like Billy Joel levels of corniness. But like, I don't care. The best Billy Joel song Billy Joel never wrote. Like, <laughs> God is fucking great. Yeah. Um, the loadout versus piano man will also make a decent matchup if we hadn't already done piano man. I think that run on empty, um, is just a great album in general. There's a good song. Really, really, really fucking good. Uh, although, I, you know what? I'm going to say something, something that, uh, I, I listening to it. I was surprised to discover. I actually do not love the thunder. Really? But I do love cocaine. <laughs> The song, there's a song called Cocaine that's um, 
And it's it's a cover. It's like a really that's a really old song that's been like Cocaine Blues, which has been around since I think like the 1920s or something ridiculous, mm-hmm. and has been covered in all different sorts of ways. And like I think that uh, in this case, uh, Jackson Brown maybe have like added some lyrics to this version. But there's something sort of very self aware about that song. Like it's very slow. Remember, man, isn't it amazing that a lot of songs called Cocaine <laughs> are slow? Don't you think, like, man, a cocaine song would be fast, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, it would. It would sound like whatever Stephen King sounds like in the 1980s. Like, <laughs> it's weird to me that, but like, it's a very mellow, bluesy song, and it's got just this little bit of self awareness to it that it sounds almost like it could have been a B side off of like a Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot to me. Like Cocaine I could free. imagine Wilco doing a cover of this song too. And uh and that made me like it. And also, hey, do you want to have a song called Cocaine that you can listen to and enjoy that has no involvement from Eric Clapton? Here you go. <laughs> you well, don't want to listen to Eric Clapton. He's a dick. Listen to Jackson Brown. He's cool. not a dick. I don't know. He could be a dick. He just doesn't uh display it all that extremely. If so, there's there's absolutely no way he's as much of a dick <laughs> as Eric Clapton. And I think that's as much as we need to say about Eric Clapton. Oh, uh, we'll do a um, Clapton episode at some point and we'll have to like, oh God, keep that to a minimum, good. even though that's like the first thing anyone can think about him these days, including me. Yeah, one day I'll make you do yeah, a Clapton episode. I think that in general, just as as far as live records go, like, man. It's just really cool. Again, you know, we mentioned this at the beginning that this was an album that was stuff that they had not been playing live just yet. You know, the the stuff that he'd written was new stuff and the stuff that they were covering, I don't know that they had really covered much. And so they were recording it backstage. They were recording it, I think, at rehearsal. They were recording in the hotel rooms. And you would think that maybe that would make the album sound not good. I think it sounds amazing. Well, like this is truly one of the all-time best live records I've ever heard in my life. Well, I mean, there are, like, they cheated a bit in that there are overdubs. Yeah, that, that's true. Although, I am I bet most live records are like that, honestly. I bet, he, I I bet Jackson really Brown's impressed. the only one who admitted it. I just think it's cool that, like, they, you know, that they took this particular tactic with this album. Um, he was like, man, I'm, I need to make another record, and I want to make something good but I've been writing prolifically for like a decade and I'm tired to your point. Yeah. He was like, how do I get around that? I know. And, and then he wrote running on empty, literally a song that he wrote while he was driving in his car because he was always driving this one short distance and he would never put gas in the tank. Another thing that, so it's uh, literally just about being running on empty. Yeah. Like that's relatable content. That makes that makes me think that he's like you, maybe. Like that sounds like something you would do. Oh, it's absolutely something I do. In fact, when I drove out to see you, I, I was literally running on empty through a lot of the Arizona desert. It was not. It was pretty scary, actually. I it, there was no gas station, so I was like, "Come on, car, I know, please yeah, be lying." That's unwell. What's wrong with you? I d- You're disturbed. Come I didn't on, realize man. how small the gas tank was. It's a new car. <laughs> But yeah, no. I mean, I just think in general, if you look across the track listing, if you've ever, if you've never done it before, which I, you know, I thought I, I should just listen to both these records through and through. And I thought, man, Running on Empty flies by. It's like a 42 minute record and it just goes, 
you know, and like there are songs that are upbeat and there are songs that are slower, but I think throughout, like I pretty much, everything's at least a, a B minus at worst mm-hmm. on that album. And there's a couple of really great tracks. So like run on empty. Amazing. I think you love the thunder is good. I just never really quite connected to it. I really like cocaine. And of course, like once you get to the end, like I think nothing but time is pretty good too, but the loadout and stay one right after the other, are just incredible. Like what a way to end a record. Like there are plenty of good live records, but like there is no way you could ever imagine hearing running on empty without the crowd at the beginning and at the end. Like there is like, it seems like there is, you couldn't even possibly record that in a studio. It has to be recorded on stage. Meanwhile, did you listen to all of against the wind, the album? You know, here's the thing that I don't think I realized before now. I'm not sure Bob Seger is much of an album artist. He might be. Do- I I don't I, I struggle with that a little bit just because um like if I were to sit down and say, Do I think he's got any albums that are are good, good? Um I think you could argue for Stranger in Stranger in Town. That's the one with the most hits on it, certainly. Um yeah, because I I mean I like Hollywood Nights, I like Still the Same is Fine. I you know, old time rock and roll. Do I like that song? Uh, it certainly has been played a lot. It's That song has been played to death. It's a song that I feel needed to exist. Like if we were d- going to do that one, I would say, yes, this song needs to I- exist in the, the second of the third questions. But That's the first, that's the first one. That's it's the first, the first one. one? And there are four questions now. Okay. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Listen, we've, we've talked about nothing for a while. Um, I want to kind of like get into the weeds. All right. Little, like into, into the songs themselves. You said run on empty. Was it, what is it about running on empty that makes you say it's so great? I don't know. I have always just had a thing for songs that are basically just stopping to take stock of how far you've gone and how much you've done and where you are. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson has a song like that called Catching My Breath. And that's what I always think of when I hear Running on Empty. Just like for as much as a good driving song it is, it's also just like a catching a breath moment where you just look back at how much you've done from when you were a kid to where you're now. And it just that's kind, kind of, of what Against the Wind you. is about, too, isn't it? Well, I put put these two songs together for a reason. But, but you didn't say that you think Against the Wind is... This all time. It captures classic. it. Yeah. Running on empty captures it better. I feel like just cause it has more energy. So it's just the energy. I think so. Yeah. There's not, there's nothing else. All right. Well, uh, why do you, do you have think something? it's better lyrically? I, I'm curious because I think that they, they both have really good lyrics. I think running on empty makes me feel better because like you said, it's not regretful, I guess. Whereas against the wind feels like, Bob Seger realizing he has made a mistake somewhere along the way. And so running on empty has always just made me feel better. It's a, uh, at the end of a karaoke night, that is one I will always uh, pull out, but um, against the wind, it's too sad. And sometimes I don't want the line. Wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then, which he didn't want to keep. Well, he's just worried about the grammar. That's a great line. Incredible. I got to say, I think that, so like running on empty, is a little less sad for sure. But man, Jackson Brown knows how to write some fucking bummer ass lyrics. <laughs> yes. Because as, as sad as that lyric is from against the wind, 
these days, li- literally the last line is, please do not confront me with my failures. I had not forgotten them. Good God. <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling. You yeah, I, f- I fucking failed completely. And now I'm at the end of my life with nothing to show for any of it. Thanks. I got it. Like the song. If Holy you uh, fuck. He's got another one like that called Late for the Sky. You might remember that one from Taxi Driver where uh, De Niro is just staring at like American Bandstand on TV or something. All these happy dancing people while Late for the Sky is playing in his head, I guess. That's uh, that's captures like a lot of the same regret that these days and against the wind does like God. I have yeah, screwed I like, everything I like when, up. I like songs that have a little bit of wistfulness and a little bit of regret and some frustration in them. Especially like if you're talking boomer rock. Because <laughs> if we're going to do... Um, I have like, all right, you ready? I'm going to give you a great third party option for this. I think it's probably probably would come a little bit later, but um, it feels still of a piece if you're talking about things that relate to the Eagles, <laughs> <laughs> but are not technically the Eagles. Go on. Um, I would want to include the boys of summer. And the reason why is because it's a Don Henley song, mm-hmm. but do you know who wrote it? Not Don Henley? No. I'm, I'm shocked. Go on. Boys of summer was brought to Don Henley by none other than lead guitarist for Tom Betty and the heartbreakers, Mike Campbell. I did not know that. Isn't that cool? What a fun fact. That is cool. And boys of summer is, uh, Better than any song we've uh, brought up so far. That song's fucking great, isn't it? Yes. That's a killer song. Like, but, I think that Don Henley came in and, like, did some stuff around the lyrics, but the original thing, the original pitch um, that was presented to him came from Mike Campbell. Um, and Mike Campbell is a real unsung songwriter, I feel, and always has been, because he was paired up with Tom Petty, and everyone is going to live in the shadow of Tom Petty. <laughs> that is certainly true. Uh, but Boys of Summer, I mean, that's kind of like the two songs we came here to talk about, but that's a, a little more of a love song, I feel like. Like, Against the Wind, there is a girl in it. Janie was lovely. She was the queen of my nights. But yep. I feel like... He's talking, to, he's talking about the woman he was with at the time who said, like, you really, you really are a doormat, buddy. <laughs> Was like that, that song is about how how people walk all over him. I never got that. Apparently, I mean, according to him, that like she told him that he uh, has got a problem, and his problem is that he lets people treat him like shit. And he was like, "Well, you know, I mean, like, you eventually you figure out like who are the people that are just there to use you, and who was like there legitimately. But you got to have to live through it to figure it out, which I kind of think is." I, I guess if you're, I'm surprised that he was singing that when he's older. Maybe maybe he was looking back on it and realizing that's a thing that he did. But I have to tell you, as somebody in their 40s, I mean, in my 20s, sure, but I would not be doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a point in which you don't go, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just wait around and see. I'll figure out, like, eventually those people who are just there to use me will sort themselves out. No, 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 no. No, once you get into your 40s, you're like, I got my group of five. These people are nice. I trust them. <laughs> and then everybody else you do not fucking trust at all. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like maybe after a couple of years of being around, not being a piece of shit. But 
it's it's unfathomable to me to feel that way when you're older. Bob Seger must be very nice, or I must be a real piece of shit. Is the really the takeaway here? <laughs> like I said, I always imagined Bob Seger doing literally nothing but touring on the road. I cannot imagine him having like a family or a personal life. Like at most, he goes and has some beers with the rest of the Silver Bullet band at the end of the night. He was always just such an extremely regular guy, just a regular blue collar guy like Huey Lewis. If he wasn't like a you know a yuppie sellout, so I can't like you're talking about Huey Lewis like that, that's terrible. It's I love right, Huey Lewis. It's terrible. I love Huey Lewis and the fact that he's a yuppie sellout. But yes, as you as as you know, my strong opinion on Huey Lewis is that uh, he's the guy. If you got to be stuck on a plane with somebody, <laughs> you want to be stuck on a plane with Huey Lewis. Cause if he, if he, if you want a good story, you know, he's got them. And if you just want him to shut the fuck up and be chill, you know, he's going to do that too. Yeah. He just seems like a people pleaser that Huey Lewis. Yeah. Well, Bob Seger, I imagined is kind of the same way. He just seems like a very friendly, regular guy, but that might be because like he didn't do a whole lot of the rock star stuff except make rock and roll. You know, I have no clue who Bob Seger is in the real world. Yeah, it's much easier to figure out who Jackson Brown is because he's like a political activist. Right. And, you know, he so was you hanging have a, out you with have the, a set. Yeah. He was hanging out with the other like California guys like the Eagles. And like he was like a I mean, he was like a singer songwriter, 70s and so on. But he was like a rock star. He was like, yeah, a he celebrity. told Danny told. He, yeah. And he told John McCain to go fuck himself, which really, uh, you know, earns him a lot of points. <laughs> Yeah, like as Jackson Brown was like a politically motivated guy who wrote some protest songs and stuff like that. Like I said, I don't have a clue who Bob Seger is. He's just the guy from Detroit who toured constantly and had a pretty killer beard and was in a lot of uh, Chevrolet ads when I was growing up. Yep, like a rock. That sure is him. Like You know, like I said, I Bob Seger has so many hits. Like he was constantly playing on classic rock and yet I never really quite connected with him. Yeah. I don't know, man. I got to be honest with you. I feel like we're still in Delaware. <laughs> like we're I, 40 minutes deep. I still feel like I'm in Delaware with, with Seeger. Yeah, that's fair. Like we had some Midwesterners commenting in who either really, really strongly loved him or really, really strongly loathed him. And I, I guess I feel a little overexposed to Bob Seger too, because I would listen to classic rock radio so much growing up, but uh, not like that. Like I, I Bob Seger's songs always like hit a solid six and a half or seven for me. He never really yeah, had that I knockout mean, track to me. I like it. Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine having a really strong emotion about him. Like I like Hollywood nights because it's, it's super upbeat, mm-hmm. you know, but like I'd, I'd sing along to that with excitement and kind of like, the way that like I'd sing along to like a Neil Diamond song and I'm like, <laughs> man, I love that Neil Diamond. You know, I'm like, Sweet Caroline, but ba, ba, ba sure, I'll sing along to that. But like, do I have strong feelings about Neil Diamond? And no, no. No, there's a there's a special love for people that people have for the artists that maybe you don't really love, but they are always there. They're always around. Like Seeger was always there. He was like constantly pumping out hits. So like he'll always have that fan base, but it feels shallow to me. It's more quantity than quality. That's what I think. Yeah, I just, yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like 
while I was listening to the stuff, I was like, man, I wish, I wish we were doing a Tom Petty song. <laughs> we'll put a Tom Petty song in there someday. Probably because Tom Petty, for some reason, man, even though he did a lot of work by volume, I find his songs very meaningful for whatever reason. I don't know if that's just a me thing or if it's just that he really is an exceptional songwriter in a way that maybe Bob Seger isn't. You know, I think that's fair because Tom Petty is also a guy I mostly admire because he j- kept putting out work for good work for so very long. But I definitely, even though I could definitely say that about both Petty and Seeger, I definitely feel much stronger about Petty. That's a, that's a fair comment, I think. Do you feel like you've got anything else you want to say about either of these records or songs before we go into the, the questions? No, let's get into the questions. Let's do this. I'm ready. All I'm right. ready. We're going to... This is how we're getting out of Delaware. <laughs> we're talking about these four questions. They're wrote out of Delaware, and also they help us firm up our opinions about the songs that we're talking about. The first question uh, is one of necessity, one of the culture. One of these songs is going to stay, and the other is going to disappear forever. It's going to be wiped from the history books as though it never was. Todd, for the people, for the betterment of mankind— which song has to stay? I mean, Seeger has so many songs. I don't know if this even makes his top five or even top 10. And versus for Jackson Brown, Running on Empty is probably the top song for him. Up there with Dr. My Eyes or The Loadout or Orgas these days. But I don't know. There's so much Seeger in the world. There's so much. On the other hand... He was the first one to coin the phrase, which I didn't know now what I didn't know then. And he, I saw that quote where he said, and it's like, and now a whole bunch of people are using that line in songs. I've seen other people steal it. I have too. I have definitely seen people steal that song. In fact, Toby Keith has an entire song called wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. I remember that one growing up. Then again, I don't need that Toby Keith song in my life. So yeah, maybe a race, uh, Against the wind. I completely spaced on even which Bob Seger song we were just talking about. I was about to stay still the same. Buddy. <laughs> here's the other thing. I don't, as long as I get to keep somewhere like, yeah, I mean, that's pretty good, but it's no, I was so much older than I'm younger than that now, which I feel like kind of covers similar terrain. That's, um, that's the one that's I Dylan. It is. That is a Dylan. Yeah. I, I feel like running on empty has to take this one. I agree. Great. Right. Question number two, you could be a fly on the wall. You can experience soup to nuts, the entire process, uh, the writing of the song, the recording of the song, the getting drunk while they're figuring out the song, the cocaine even, who knows. Which one is the one that you want to have like the full, like behind the music story? Like if this were a different Seeger song, if this were turn the page, I could see myself going for that one. But again, Against the Wind, it's fine. It's a good, solid single. I want to be there on the Jackson Brown tour writing Running on Empty. I got to do it. Well, it's cool because you get to be in the car with him too, right? Like <laughs> when he's like driving around and literally running on empty and going like, man, I'm running on empty. Man, maybe, maybe I don't want to do that. Empty. That's a stressful experience. Running on. No, I don't know. I Here's what I think. I think that part of that process is also that you got a chance to be in the car with him and he's probably got the radio blasting. There probably were other songs that make up that song. Like what, what 
was that man listening to on the radio? You could get a chance to like listen to him singing along to other pop songs at the time and rock songs. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah, it does. Honestly, I kind of like whatever band uh, Jackson Brown is touring with a little more than the Silver Bullet Band, honestly. Hmm. I, I always really love that solo that Running on Empty ends with. That's by a guy named David Lindley, and he is underrated. Great underrated guitarist of the 70s. All right. Yeah, just like just like Mike Campbell. Um, yeah. All right. So we we're we're gonna agree on that. Boy, this episode. This is a this is this this is the most Delaware episode of all time. Uh, question I number like three. These songs, God damn a, it. a real weird one. Um, Megan Lee Stallion gonna get. To, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Does one of these songs are gonna be hot girl shit? Good God. Which one uh, of these songs is hot girl shit? It's got to be running on empty, right? Gotta I mean, be? it's the I feel like it has to be. It's the closest one we have, certainly. But like. I don't know, like, if these songs are so male specifically, these are such white guy dad songs, both of them. Like, the, we've always have to stretch our brains a little for the Megan Thee Stallion question, but this one is, like, beyond my capabilities of imagining, I feel like. I mean, there is a, an obvious correct answer here, but, like, we are just, like, so far away from the planet, we can't even see it. Yeah, it's, yep, yep. I think they're both <laughs> disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a wash. Well, well, yeah, I think we're going to call that one a wash. Now we have come once again to not just the most important question of song versus song, but the most important question that has ever been asked by any human being ever. William Shatner, man about town, actor, arguably, <laughs> singer, certainly. I switched it up this time. Poet, he's going to do a William Shatner philosopher. version. Uh, he's going to do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Todd, for the love of God, which one of these songs must be shat upon? William Shatner is getting up there in years. He actually said something, I guess, kind of profound recently since we did the last episode. Where he's talking about looking uh, at Earth from space and how sad it made him and how struck he was by the experience. I feel like he could do both of these songs quite a lot of justice because he has a, a man of depth that I did not realize. Yeah, generally speaking, I, I think that Against the Wind is the clear winner on this one in a weird way because I actually do think that a William Shatner version of that song would be good. <laughs> yeah, like it would be like touching, <laughs> like in a non-ironic way. I don't yeah, know. Like how I would be. just genuinely like that. Yeah, I think that would just work. Straight up would like it a lot. I can't I can't think of it any other way. And I'm I I like run on empty would be okay, but like against the wind actually sounds like it would be wistful and contemplative in a good way. In a good way. I don't know if I would say it would be better than the Bob Seeger version. No. But it might give it a run for its money, honestly. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, going into this, I thought running on empty would be would would be running away with all four questions. But this one, this one strikes me as uh, this one is against the winds. This one belongs to Seeger, Seeger and Shatner, like a, a truly perfect pairing against the wind against the winds. <laughs> I don't know. All Help. right. Well, all right. To, to read what commenter said, surely they will get us out of this. All right. Angela writes. Running on empty sounds like the opening theme 
to a B-list 80s sitcom about a white suburban family with a station wagon. This is not untrue. I would agree with that. But also, I think that description makes it sound completely awesome because I always loved those theme songs. Yeah, it sounds like really early era TGIF, right? Like Perfect Strangers. Yeah, like like that. Although, man, we should we should do a TGIF song versus song and do the Perfect Strangers theme versus I don't know step by step or Family Matters. It would have to be Family Matters, right? I mean, Perfect Strangers versus Family Matters is brutal. I mean. It would be brutal for me because Family Matters would win, and that would be wrong. I I don't I don't know that there's a wrong answer. Those, there those is a wrong answer because brutal. the Perfect Strangers theme is one of the greatest theme songs of all time. Like Full House, Family Matter, not even close, not even close. Perfect Strangers is a song I listen to. Theme song is a song I listen to on my own time because it inspires me. What has it inspired you to do, Todd? Let's bring the podcast to a grinding. To halt. stand tall on the wings of my dreams, Lena. What, what were those you, dreams? What dreams did you feel you achieved thanks to Cousin Larry <laughs> and Balky? Well, you've really put a damper on this. <laughs> you know I love that song. That song <laughs> yes. is amazing. Okay, it's, no, it's I haven't so tall on the wings of any of dreams. You got, all right, all right. you got me. You happy? Yes, that's right. That's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear that you've accomplished nothing, that it was all for nothing, so that you would change your vote to Bob Seger. Yes. Uh, all right. Okay. What else? What else have we got? Okay. <laughs> Rob Dukes writes, aren't all of Seeger's hits about getting old? Like old time rock and roll. Music was better when I was younger. Night moves. Sex was better when I was younger. You know, this may all be true. I did not realize that. So really, both these guys are, were aging before their time. I wouldn't say the music was better than I, when I was younger. Like the quality of the music. But I did have the ability to experience joy better when I was younger. <laughs> so that's true. Joe Stratman writes, I have to vote against the wind as a song that immediately slows down time in the middle of my commute when it pops up on classic rock radio. Like, yes, that is also my experience listening to this song. Things get slower. Well, maybe if you're watching the sunset, that's what you want. Uh, I'm running too fast. I'm too, running too fast to enjoy the sun. I am running into the hill? sun, but I'm running behind. All right. Richard Angle writes, Wow, I didn't even know Bob Saget had a recording career, but what the hell, I'll vote for him. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. <laughs> what the fuck? That's a comment somebody wrote knowing you would read it. <laughs> like, did they come up with it on their own, or was it divine intervention? Like, there's a God, and that God was like, Todd will read this to you. And the person who wrote that comment was like, God, can you imagine if that was it? Your one and only communication with a higher power is like, write this comment and then your sixth favorite YouTuber will read it on his D-grade podcast. <laughs> we are. What a life. We are up to C- grade, I'll have you know. Woo! I didn't know when that happened. That's exciting. All right. I mean, I'm the one who assigns ratings and I would give us a solid C-. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. All right. Brian Scott writes, ever since I became a dad, I have resented my implicit association with this kind of dad rock crap more and more each day. Well, too bad. You're a dad. This is what you listen to now, Brian. Wow. Why are you raining on Brian's parade like that? Well, I mean, I, I didn't make the rules. All right. Let's see. One last one from Jack Darnell. Jack Darnell writes, when you're from the Midwest, 
there's only so much long-winded Bob Seger epic balladry that you can stand where he repeats the chorus five times, takes three minutes for an extended bridge and one chord instrumental vamp, hits it with another seven doses of the chorus, and appears to be coming to a fade-out as he riffs, I remember, I remember, and then rushes back in for another 11-chorus outro featuring gospel backup vocals, a horn section, and the exact same three chords the guitars, keys, and bass have been looping for the past 83 minutes, except played even louder. And then 30 minutes later, the exact song came... The exact same song comes on the radio, except this time he's called it Night Moves or Hollywood Nights or something else. That is also, yes, my experience with Bob Seger. Wow. <laughs> I think there I'm was. Sorry, Bob. Bob Seger, longtime listener of the show. I mean, speaking it's of things heart, that are too long. Crest, crestfallen. Yeah, this episode. No, that, that comment. I We've think been I doing cut this out podcast for too long. <laughs> I think I cut out half of that comment, by the way. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good comment. All right. Well, that was the show. Now you must decide who won. Who do you think won? I if must? You, well, you must uh, decide who you think vote the voters picked. I mean, I feel like it's got to be running on empty. It's just a much easier song to listen to. I know occasionally the the, 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 the kids at home surprise us by going for the, the less likely song, the song that maybe you could argue is more complex, which I'm not sure that I would actually give in this case. But, you, you know, there are people. This is the song is for people. For some I don't know, people. like, I, I didn't know this which way this was going to go because I figured Seeger had better name recognition. I mean, this is a popularity contest. On the other hand, I figured Running on Empty might win because it's the better song, so. Yeah, I usually I usually um, feel that our audience goes for the better song. They usually don't let me down, except when they do, and then it's egregious. Okay, well, here we go. For a total of 251 to 183 and it should not shock you that we did not get a whole lot of votes for this one not a surprise this was a this was a delaware number of votes for, but anyway with a 58 to 42 split the winner is running on empty i agree audience thank you this song was exactly 16 percent better than the other one well thank you for listening to song versus song <laughs> Oh, if you like our episodes, please go to our Patreon. We put uh, every month we put up a bonus episode of a movie that you guys have told us to watch and review. This month you gave us a Halloween episode. We watched an extremely horrible musical called Monster Mash the Movie for Halloween. You can check that out if you give us a dollar. And we have It's worth a dollar for sure. I yes. would say that that is worth a dollar. That was that was one of our more fun episodes to record, even how bad that movie was. It was very fun to talk about. Are you ready for the next episode? And uh, let me let me say, I think this one's going to get a lot of votes. This one's going to get more votes than this last episode. Now leaving Delaware, what do we got? Are you ready to get cheated on in the mid-2000s? We are doing The Killers, Mr. Brightside. Versus Panic at the Discos, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. There can only be one King of Vegas. And it's not Bob Seger. No, that's he's the King of Detroit. Got it. Get in your votes now. See you around, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.